Hey all, welcome to Dungeons and Tangents. This is Eric. This week, Robert and I went to the 2017 Rose City Comic Con here in Portland, Oregon. We went with some friends, saw some sites, and figured we'd talk about it. The content of this episode is not 100% Dungeons and Dragons oriented, but chances are we'll touch on subjects that you care about. So now, on with the show. This is Eric. This is Robert. And today we're talking about Rose City Comic Con, which we just attended uh, over the weekend. And before we start, I'm going to, as Robert said, drop some knowledge about, that's, that's what the, the kids are saying these the days. The young folks say. That, that yeah. is what the young folks say in about 1995. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to uh, just talk about what Rose City Comic Con is. So it is one of the comic book conventions here in town. And really, comic book convention, that's not the right term anymore, because Comic Con has come to be more of a term for pop culture, nerd culture yes. convention. There are comics there, but that's not it. It's and, not the focus the way it used to be, but right. so much of has kind of sprung from comics that it, that it still makes sense. Yeah. So Comic-Con, this particular Comic-Con, Rose City Comic-Con, started in 2012, was started by a guy named Ron Brister, you know, it being only five years old, is that right? 2012 to 2017, that's that's five years. So this is the sixth. And it has grown almost exponentially uh, since it started. I think it started with uh, two or 4,000 people. Last year, it was 42,000 people. This year, I, I asked, uh, I tweeted at the, um, the coordinators. I didn't get a, an answer because I probably tweeted at them a little too late, and they may not know their numbers yet, but it was decidedly more than last year, and both of us went last year. So probably something like 50,000 uh, attendees. Plus, this year was the first year that Rose City Comic Con was a three-day event. And lastly, which should have been firstly, Rose City Comic Con is the Portland's, is a Portland-centric Comic Con. I don't think we have another... Portland-based, Portland-run Comic-Con. No. Not we, of this magnitude. We have the Wizard World Con that goes national and makes mm-hmm. a stop in Portland. So we get two cons a year, but it's not a Portland con. Right, right. And this year they did a, a pretty decent job on celebrity guests, if you care about celebrity guests. They had Brent Spiner, John Delancey, both from Star Trek Next Generation, William Shatner, who needs no introduction, and Weird Al. Uh, well, William Shatner was actually a last minute. He wasn't on the list, and then they lost a couple people. Mm-hmm. They lost um, the guy who played Bones in the reboot of Star Trek. Carl Urban. Carl Urban, is that his name? Yep. Right. And they lost Felicia Day. I think both of them, it was either sickness or... Um, uh, Carl Urban had a family emergency. Ah, that's right. And Felicia Day had a work conflict. Okay. So that's a pretty, I mean, in the nerd sphere, that is a surprisingly heavy list of, of people. It's an interestingly diverse list because I think that you and I were talking earlier and it kind of opened my eyes. I made a comment that I was like, I think Felicia Day was really kind of, like the one of the, the main people that they had recruited for this con, and you and you and I had different views on that, and yeah. that kind of occurred to me that 
it's very easy to look at kind of the pop culture or probably more accurately the nerd culture as being very defined and very one-dimensional <laughs> and it's not no. not at all right it's a lot of um, comics uh, cosplay D D um, art there's all there's so much cool stuff but it's different and I had I, I think I had kind of taken that for granted the cultural shift in the comic-con is that it started as a let's go hang out and swap comics and now it's let's go hang out with the like six eight twelve different subcultures of nerd culture and pop culture that have become what a comic con yes yeah, and it's I think a big part of it is that it's Far more than you're used to, a safe place. And that yeah. if you go to a Trailblazers game, you're probably not going to see a spontaneous D&D game breakout, right? No. Like in the hallway or something. Probably it's, not. It's, I'd be very surprised <laughs> if that happened. I'd be happy, but I'd be very surprised to see that happen. But there were definitely spontaneous D&D games oh, yeah. at the con. We saw, they seemed like they had some program for like teaching kids how to play D&D, which yeah. was so cool. Yep. Um, it looked like some of the organized play where they had like these maps that was a kind of a simpler dungeon and they mm-hmm. had like what, like you said, like seven kids there, which seemed yeah. like a lot of people to play one table. But well, a lot of the organized play, they, they, they pack in people. They were having a lot of fun. I mean, they... They were paying attention. It wasn't like it, it wasn't like they somebody had just like parked their kid there so they can go into the con. Was, <laughs> I got the distinct impression those kids were there to play. Yeah, uh, and it was just it's so different than like when I learned how to play when I was a kid. You know, where it was just kind of like ah, I play D and and I don't <laughs> right. you, know, like, you, just wanna, you don't want to say it out loud, you know. And everybody's just like coming and they had their gear and it was it was really cool. It's not a tabletop centric or even. There wasn't a lot of pandering to the tabletop world. No. It was, uh, let's see, there was Rainy, Rainy Day Games, which is your game store. Yep. The game store nearest you. They were there. Uh, Wizards had sent kind of a, I think it was Wizards, had sent like a, I don't know if they'd even sent anyone or if it was just people who had official Wizards banners I think for they the send- Magic tournaments and the uh, D&D uh, organized play. I think it's pretty common for them to send out nice promo stuff to the some of the retailers that do a lot of the organized play stuff. Yeah, okay. And Rainy Day Games does a lot of that. They pull out tournaments for Magic. They do a lot of uh, organized play. They have all kinds of workshops throughout the month. They're really good at doing community stuff. But there was probably as much floor space dedicated to uh, arcade games as there was tabletop games. Yeah, very cool place here called Ground Control. Uh, they brought a bunch of uh, cabinets in to play video games on. Old, All retro yep. stuff. Very, very cool. Like you could play Pole Position, Miss Pac-Man, Donkey Kong. I think they probably had like 50 or 60 cabinets there. A big, a a big area, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, and then on the other side was Artist Alley. Yep. And then in between those were kind of the, the vendor booths. Yeah. And the vendors go, uh, there are vendors and then there are kind of like exhibition vendors, like the Lego. uh, Yes. This year, the Bricks Cascade, which is another convention. So there's a convention that has a display at a convention. They were there last year, too. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Last year, there there was the local R2-D2 droid builders had a big display. This year, I didn't see as big of a display of, of droid builders. We saw a 
huge Millennium Falcon, though. The Lego Lego Millennium Falcon. Yeah. Yeah. That was, I don't know, it was like three feet long, two feet wide. You used a term I wasn't familiar with. Would you, would you want to call that? Uh, mini scale? Yes. Yeah. It was actually mini scale, where it you could fit four people in the cabin of the Millennium Falcon, four miniatures, the, the little... Right. Not people, people. Uh, not people, people, but but Lego minis. And if you buy the biggest kit of the Millennium Falcon, you can fit like two. So this was probably twice the size of any Lego Millennium Falcon. Uh, that is cool. an official version. A lot of people, like we had to look between like shoulders <laughs> as people were crowded in there to try and, and, and get a, a peek at that. It was, it was really cool. Uh, yeah. So... Let's see here. So Artist Alley is, is it's an interesting thing because Artist Alley is aspiring artists, uh, comic book artists, as well as people who have been foundational in creating the comic book world. It's, it's weird that you'll see somebody who's at the top of their game an aisle away from somebody who's just starting out. And I don't know comics. Like, I follow a half dozen online comics, and I think one comic artist that I knew was there, and I can't remember who it was now. Uh, but you you know comics better than me, don't you? Uh, I knew comics very well <laughs> when I was a teenager. It was, it was something I used to... I would go to school, and I wouldn't eat lunch. And then at the end of the week, I would take all the lunch money I hadn't spent on food. And I would go to the comic book store across the street. And God, my mom ever listens to this because I never told her that. But I would go to the comic book uh, shop across the street and buy comic books. <laughs> uh, I was very much into to X-Men Wolverine and um, some of the uh, early Image and Valiant comics. Um so I, I but I didn't I didn't keep up on it. I don't know what's new and current today, but it, this does kind of lead into one of the things that we a question we want to ask, which is why do we go? Right, right. Um, and Savannah and I love to go and check things out, uh, check out people having fun. Love being around people who share our interests. One of the main things that uh, we like to do is look at the art. And we will usually come away with a couple of different pieces. But what's really cool is having been there three, four years in a row, we're seeing the same artists over and over and over again. And it's not just comic book artists. These are people who are doing their own art because it's how they, you know, it's how they express themselves. People who work for some books, people who do prints. I mean, there's all huge variety of art and we are seeing some of the same artists over and over again starting to follow their work and we'll buy art from the same artist year after year and mm. it's just so cool to be able to see them talk to them because they're there they're there selling their yeah their creations you know prints of their work stuff like that and it's one of our most enjoyable things to do is to go there and just take our time through Artist Alley. I think it's one of the coolest places to, to go there. And I, when I asked myself, why do I go? I actually asked myself that the day before I was like, wait, why do I go? I'm not into comics. I'm probably not going to play any games there. Uh, but then being there, I realized there are 
it's a culture. It is a, it is a manifestation of nerd culture that you don't see day to day unless you're going to a game store. Being there, it's very validating, and you get to validate the other nerds that are there. You get to be like excited about Doctor Who or Buffy the Vampire Slayer or 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 or. or. Last year. So much Stranger Things stuff. Yeah, that's right. It was everywhere. I, I got a couple cool prints, um, just stuff that we have around the office and stuff at home. Uh, but it's, it's cool to go and you'll see the same thing year after year. But every year you also see something that reflects whatever was happening that year. Yeah. Uh, it, so much fun. I, so much cool stuff. I spent quite a bit of time this year standing outside the front entrance and watching all the uh, cosplayers kind of walking around, getting pictures taken. The quote that I heard more often than not was, hey, can I get a picture? Like, mm-hmm. everyone is going around saying, hey, can I get a picture? Can I get a picture? And I unfortunately didn't understand uh, uh, cosplay culture. I took some pictures without asking. Uh, and apparently that is, that's a no-no. You're not supposed to take pictures of people unless you ask them. That makes sense. It does. But everybody is really feeding one another's passions. So the people who love watching cosplay, I, I actually love seeing all these people's amazing costumes. Well, I was at a, a booth. Um, there was this very cool booth where they did custom character sheets. You oh, tweeted yes. about it. Um, I, I think it's an incredible concept. You actually were like, Robert. Check this out. They're doing oh, yeah. Over here. Really cool. And the person there, she would do custom portraits of every character on her character sheet. Right. Everything about it, I was amazed. I thought it was just so <laughs> cool. And I just grabbed my phone and I was about to, I opened up my camera app and I was about to take a picture. And, and, I, and then I stopped myself and was like, oh, well, this is what she's doing to make money. Right. Not cool for me to just take a picture, right? Right. And I was just excited and I wanted to actually tweet it and promote it. Like, you know, this is something that's doing something really cool. Well, you could ask her. I, I could, but I immediately was just like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my phone away. Like, it's so easy to get so excited because everything is so cool, and, <laughs> and you wait all year to be around stuff that you think is cool. You know, you 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 get to be around sports and what you know. I'm gonna say the you know air quotes mainstream is cool all year long, and no, then that's right. You know, I I don't get to hang out with that kind of stuff. Very often, probably more than most people do. You know, you and I hang out, and I go home, and I've got D and D stuff everywhere. But uh, I'm also very introverted, so right. It's it's That's actually it. it takes a lot for me to go out and hang out with fifty thousand people. <laughs> but uh, I think it's important to do, and I thoroughly enjoy it. Now I'm burnt out on people for like a month afterwards, <laughs> but uh, it's. I get so worked up, and it's it's like Christmas and, and Thanksgiving and Halloween are rolled up into one, and I just, I just want to go out you and see everything. You buy a lot everything. of stuff, though. I got a problem, yeah. I don't know how much you... I don't, what did you buy this year? I was year? super good this year. I bought some prints, and I bought a Subway sandwich, and that was about it. Oh, that, yeah. That's, and a dice bag. Oh, that's right. I, I bought really the really cool dice, dice bag. bags, yeah. yeah. Actually, I have, I have Twitter handles for the people that we... Uh, that we bought things from. So, well, we didn't buy from the custom and commissioned character sheet lady. But we uh, did follow. We did follow her. Her Twitter handle, if you're interested, because 
I think is a brilliant idea. You think it's a brilliant idea. Our friend Gary, who also runs podcasts, also is, runs D&D, uh, he thought it was like the best thing he'd seen at the whole convention. Uh, anyway, her handle is at Jill of Midgard, all one word. You can find her website there, and she has examples of her uh, of her work. And I'm sure if you tweeted her and you're like, "Hey, I want a, a custom uh, character sheet," she'll help you out. She said she does um, PDF forms, so she'll do custom art for you. If you describe your character to her, she'll draw it and then send you a PDF, and you can print it out as many times as you like. And I thought it was really cool. I don't know if you noticed this, but she had like a portfolio of work. Yes. And she would basically do what you've been talking about, casting, where she could do things based off of like movie archetypes. Yeah. Like uh, Han Solo or (laughs) or, or whatever, if you wanted that kind of a a template to base your character portion off of. Right. In her portfolio, she had everybody in the Critical Role uh, crew, which that's kind of of a a punting sort of thing because... They already have character art built for them, so she's just doing it in her style. But you, that gives you the idea of what her style is. And then she did um, some characters from Adventure Time, which was probably pertinent to the fact that one of the celebrities, or actually two of the celebrities at the con, were voice actors from Adventure Time. Uh, and I don't know. She, I didn't see the entire portfolio. And she had some cool uh, things for tracking stats. When you're playing, yeah, you she had a, a DM's encounter tracker, so you can like track uh, monsters and she had conditions a few different tables. It, yeah. was, it was all really cool stuff that yeah. you can get as like a pack of PDFs, and it was relatively cheap. It was, it was like, like twenty bucks or something, right? Twenty bucks, and you get uh, I think it's twenty bucks for. Well, anyway, we shouldn't advertise no. it in case we get it wrong. Yeah, but, I don't know what, what the pricing uh, really was. Really cool shit for reasonable prices. Yes. Check it out. Really cool custom shit. Yes. For very reasonable prices. Like, you can commission not, her. Not stick and, figures. Yeah. Somebody who knows what they're doing. Right. You know, you asked me to do a portrait of my character. You're getting, <laughs> no. you're getting stick figures. If yeah. Not. And I, I, yeah, yeah. So the other vendor that we saw and at least purchased things from, you mentioned the dice bags. Was a local guy who makes really nice kind of I don't know what the fabric was, but it's really solid it's fabric, like a thicker fabric, and I'm pretty sure it was it was double like yeah. fabric because it would stand up on its own, and yep. it was just it, very cool. Yeah, super nice guy. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure he sold out his entire stock at the convention. Seemed to be doing okay, which I'm happy to see. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Doing so. Well. Uh, the name of his uh, dice company was Third Dice, and I'm sure if you look up Third Die, or sorry, Third Die, not Third Dice, if you look up Third Die online, I'm sure you can find him, but his Twitter handle is at Third underscore Die. I figured we're, we're doing a solid for the community if we uh, let people know what's out there. Very cool bags, too. Well done, sturdy, closed, like, firmly, which yeah, I'm a fan were, of. Were they metal um, drawstring holders? I don't know if they're metal or plastic, but they I, I didn't solid. Um, and mine actually closed and wasn't opening, like wasn't budging before I even drew the class right. down. I was pretty impressed by that. And he said they can hold something like 150 dice, something like that, a yeah. crazy number. Um, but I 
I don't remember the last time I was that excited about something I spent ten dollars on. Right. Like I was, I wanted to get home, open that up, and put all of my dice inside. <laughs> I still haven't done that yet. Really? I, I got all my dice bags out, and then Dean, my cat, grabbed one of the dice bags and started... He, he, he loves he playing He seems to dice. be very interested in, in, uh, in dice. Like, Savannah did it right there at the con in front of that's the That's right. She's like, I got my dice here in my bag. And she pulled them out and just poured it all in there. <laughs> I don't know if we've fully answered the question, why do you go to conventions? Or at least I don't know if I have. Uh, last week, I was questioning, do I really want to go? Because it's all about comics, right? And I'm, I don't read comics. Not a lot. And then I realized it's not really all about comics. It's, it's about nerd culture. Yeah. So this is going to sound weird and cliche and sappy, especially for somebody who's introverted like I am. And I'm, I, just, I don't really care for people. <laughs> um, and I'm pretty upfront about that. But I think it really it boils down to I go to a con to feel like I'm not alone. That's, yeah. You know, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, that there are people who share those interests. And it's one thing to see it on TV or see it on streams, but to feel surrounded by tens of thousands of people who like the same stuff you do is a very cool feeling. And even if they don't necessarily like the things you like, they totally get that you like the things you like. And they might introduce me to something new and cool that I like. Right. I might help them like... Uh, I found this really cool uh, One Punch Man shirt for Ben, right? <laughs> and I thought it was awesome. Uh, I enjoyed it. S- immediately snaps it up for Ben. And then we are, you know, what, an hour later walking around and there's a different booth and somebody's right. looking for a One Punch Man shirt. They didn't have one. Savannah walks up and says, hey, we found a cool one over there. And he's like, well, can I see it? And we, we whipped it out. And he's like, oh, that's awesome. And he made a beeline yeah, for the other did. booth. <laughs> Uh, but like his face lit up and it's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm. And he's, and where was it? I told him where it was and he was gone, you know, um, it's just simple interactions like that with people who, who like stuff that you're not going to usually get at other, you know, times yeah. of your life, uh, other times of the year, all that. Uh, and I don't mean to pick on people who like sports. I mean, sports are great, um, but they get that all year long. Right. You can go to lunch with your with you know a random person, or be on the subway with a random person, or be on the bus with a random person. Be like, you know, hey, this team or that team, and and you can get that feeling. Yeah, uh, being a gamer, being into comic books, being in, into that kind of stuff. I don't feel like I get that as often. I feel like it's way more than it used to be. You oh, you met somebody on the bus the other day, and yeah, looking to to you know play some D anD D with them. Yeah, you'd never see that twenty years ago. No, well, we went for food. I got. Uh, some food right yes, before this. Right. The, the dude asks us, "Oh, you working late?" I'm like, "No, no, we're, we're actually we're going to be at the office, but we're going to uh, we're going to do a podcast." He's like, "What kind of podcast?" D and D. He's like, "Oh man, do you dislike fifth editions? <laughs> like everyone's got a spellcaster uh, ability? Shit, I'm terrible. <laughs> I like where did that come from? The second- Why is the guy at?" the uh, at the deli across the street he knows D&D yeah the, the second we talk to somebody we don't know and it's like well what are you doing tonight or what it gets around to d I start to shut down a little bit because I assume <laughs> I, I just immediately go to this place where you know somebody's going to beat me up and take my lunch money <laughs> and it, it's, it's some weird stupid feeling that I've held on to for like 20 years and I, and I don't know how to shake it and then this dude all of a sudden just like you know just 
opens up and he's like, well, what about, you know, well, uh, second edition people don't like this. And it was like, <laughs> I don't remember the last time, if ever, a random stranger I've talked to, you know, D&D came up and he didn't just like know about it, but like he had opinions on different editions. It was, <laughs> it was a very cool moment of like, you know, this is much more universal and prolific than I'm used to it being. And right. I need to let go and, and give it a chance and, and not assume that I'll be rejected on some level because of that. And that's kind of the theme of Comic-Cons these days. They are gigantic. They are all about accepting all of these fan cultures and nerd cultures. And they're, they're for everybody now. There are a lot of, there's a lot of kids there. Um, More so than when I was a kid, people who went to comic book conventions were old bachelor nerds yeah, and the little pipsqueak kids who are going to become old bachelor nerds. I remember being a kid and being into comic books and just convincing my mom, probably just bugging her until she just relented to take me up to Seattle to go to a convention. Uh, I don't remember, I think when I talked about this, I don't remember if it was mm-hmm. in Motor City at that point, if that's what it was called, but it was a convention at the Seattle Center uh, for comic books. I went up there and it was just, it was like this big gymnasium and it was just utility tables <laughs> one after the other with long boxes of comics and, you know, o- older for the most part guys was, you know, watching those books and then they were selling books and that's all it was. It was yeah. like, it was like a, a wholesaler strip mall for comic books where you'd go and there would be a bunch there and there wasn't much else going on. There was one corner where Wizards Magic had just come out. And Wizards actually had a projector and they were doing this like clinic on how to play Magic, which I thought was so oh, cool. Oh, that's cool. Because I was like, adults are teaching people how to play Magic. <laughs> I play Magic. But adults don't do things that I do. Like, just blew my mind. <laughs> uh, but I went in there and I found out some missing issues that I didn't have and I walked mm. out and that was it. But it wasn't a cultural event. No. It was a, a massive business transaction yeah um when you go to a con now it is a cultural event absolutely you uh when i get on the max at my house in the morning so i i live uh i live about um, 30 minutes north of town on uh, mass transit actually it was probably only 20 minutes to the convention center uh i get on and i'm looking up and down the train to see if anybody's wearing anything. Mm-hmm. And last year, there was like three or four people on the train at my stop going down. So that I get to see that Portland is full of people who are into this culture. Absolutely. And on the way back, I wa- you know, I'm I'm watching people dressed as Zelda and Doctor Who and whatever getting on the train with me, and I see where they get off, and it's just. It's like uh, everybody comes out of the woodwork and they come together and suddenly they're all one very unified thought process. Um, Taking the max to work day to day, it's very much so what you get on the max, you look for a spot, you sit down, you put your earphones in and you read your book, whatever. You don't really see people talking to each other. Savannah and I drove downtown, parked, hopped on the max because there's no parking next to the convention center yeah. on that day. Got uh, on the max and just looked around, and it's just con badges. 
Oh, ev- really? Everywhere. <laughs> and you've never seen so many people talking, just striking a conversation with strangers on the max. It's usually just dead quiet and nobody's talking. Right. Nobody look, you don't make eye contact. You don't, you don't want to engage, all that. And it was like a, a dorm party or something. You walk on that <laughs> max and everybody was talking. Some people were dressed up, some people weren't, but they're talking about their favorite, you know, anime or their comic books or, you know, games. There's just so much crossover for Marvel all these different DC. industries. <laughs> yeah. Whatever they, whatever they thought was cool. And they had somebody who to talk to and who could share their interest. Um, and I went years with like nobody to talk to about oh, comic yeah. books when I was a kid. When I was a kid, the Star Trek convention, that was the thing that I remember all my friends went to when we were old enough to have like enough money to spend at a, at a convention. I didn't go, but um, I guess I guess that's that's a difference between you and me. I grew up around uh, having a pretty substantial group of nerd friends. I don't. Did you not? I grew up moving a lot, well, and so, so, so did my I. But friends, we kind of well, changed a little bit. I had a couple of friends who I had like the whole time, um, but I, I grew up not talking to people a whole lot. I was, I, oh, so I, you didn't find I the kept nerds, to myself even if they were there. Very, yeah, very much oh, okay. so. Like I, 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 I sat by myself at lunch. I didn't talk to people. I was a very, very quiet kid. Okay. Well, you're the introvert. I'm the extrovert. So very true. <laughs> and I, I learned to be an extrovert because I moved a lot. And uh, well, I guess actually, I, sh- I shouldn't say that. I was probably inherently an extrovert, and because I moved a lot, I used my extrovertedness as a defense mechanism. I would meet new people all the time. And the place I lived the longest, which is Tucson, Arizona, I found the most friends that were nerds. I probably had a dozen total friends that I would consider nerds to one degree or another. It was a lot of people. And some of them went to conventions. And I remember them coming back so stoked that they'd bought, uh, like, little kits for building a communicator and a phaser and this was like 1992 mm-hmm. so um i think uh i think they were like uh marina surtis and uh the lady who played tasha yar were at that convention and they were so excited to watch the two of them at, at a panel and that was like that was it it was the two of them and nothing else <laughs> Well, yeah, it's, but it's you know, so things are so much better. Not that it was so terrible then, because you know it was struggling and there wasn't as much exposure then. But I, I'm very appreciative of how good we have it these days. Yeah, um, and I love that we can go to these things and just see people, uh, kids running around having fun playing D and Somebody sent me a picture of somebody who was a good, you know, 60 or 70 cosplaying. <laughs> was uh, that the guy dressed as the emperor? No, no, I saw him. He was that, great. That dude was old and he, looked just like the he emperor. He did. He was fantastic. <laughs> I think this is from a different con. But people from all age groups are embracing this. Yeah. I, I think it's just amazing. And I, it makes me feel very accepted as far as, you know... And in the grand scheme of things, I mean, there's there's so many other things out there that 
this helps. I think you know people who who feel like they can come in and, and be accepted, and it's not just gamers. It's just you know yeah. if if you if you want to go and somewhere and have fun, go to a con. You're, yeah. you're gonna have a great time. I um, feel like last year I saw a huge number of people who were um, disabled in some way mm-hmm. at the con. I don't know. Maybe I wasn't looking as much. I didn't see as many this year, but I remember them last year because they were almost all in some sort of cosplay. Um, and they can come, and it's part of their costume to be in a wheelchair or to have crutches or whatever it is. Like, I, I don't know. That just seems cool to me. Like, uh, somebody could be dressed as Dr. Xavier or as uh, Captain Pike or, you know... It, and little girls now where, uh, I don't know, 20 years ago, you wouldn't go to a convention dressed as your favorite. You, you wouldn't have as many characters out there that you could go as. But I remember I saw a little girl dressed exactly like Rey from uh, Force Awakens. And there's so many anime characters and all the teenage girls are dressed as their favorite anime. It's just... It's kind of overwhelming how how much pop culture is resonating with how many uh, different age groups mm-hmm. in different ways, and that these conventions are sort of a get out there and show us what resonates to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's there's just something, something for everybody. Yeah, which is I just I think that's so cool. I think. Um, Last question. Uh, are you going to go back? I'm going to go back. And, I, and this brings up what I think is an incredibly important topic, a critical topic. Um, the one big disappointment for me at mm. this con that I'm hoping that they will address in the future. It's never been a problem before. Uh-oh. It was a problem this year. I'm hoping it's not a problem next year. Uh, distinct lack. I don't mean a shortage. Completely no Soft pretzels this year. <laughs> um, and I was heartbroken. And I hope it doesn't happen again. Because when I go to a con, I want a soft pretzel. I want some deli mustard. And I want an uh, obscene amount of that big rock salt on there. <laughs> um, and it just didn't happen. I, I went, I went, I scoured the floor looking for a soft pretzel. I, I found no less than two places where they had it with the carousel and all that. Yeah. With the light turned off and no pretzels in oh. there. So it was obvious it wasn't going to happen. I will most likely go back, but I think there are other conventions that are that would satisfy me more. I want to see more tabletop, and I didn't see a huge amount of tabletop there. Uh, there was, uh, I don't know, half dozen vendors that were tabletop specific. Maybe not even that. There's almost an entire sub-con that sprung up for packs for tabletop. Mm-hmm. Um, so I should probably go to PAX. Emerald City, Savannah went. I haven't gone yet. She said it, it's a lot bigger, um, but it's a much bigger space, and so it's not quite as crowded. It was hot mm. this year at, at Rose City. Yes, it was. Uh, I was sweating. I, I it's, it's never been like that before. I mean, it's been warm. It's been a little warm, a little uncomfortable, but I, I got in there, and within five minutes, I was just mm. like dripping. And we went, we got Gatorade. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna sat faint. down, and we almost had like this little mini emergency. Just sit down and 
get our breath back. And then after that, we got a little acclimated and we were fine. But it was alarming how warm it was in that building. Yeah. Um, which is great. It just means it's successful and a lot of people in there. But uh, it, I was startled at, at how warm it got in there. Uh, but I will so, go on record right now as saying a soft pretzel would have fixed all that. So. <laughs> so if I go back to a con, I'll probably go back to Rose City Comic Con. Uh, but if I go back next year, my expectations are a little bit different than they were. How like so? I'm looking for tabletop things at this convention, and they're not there. And that's fine, because the things that I do enjoy, uh, I enjoy... Uh, the cosplay, not participating necessarily, but seeing all these people's amazing effort that they've put into their costumes. Uh, I might come next year with my camera and just walk around getting pictures of cosplay. You know what I think we should do is next year, I think, because now it's on Fridays. Ben went on Friday and said it was pretty, it was way less people than Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. Usually Sunday kind of tapers off because it's the last day. I thought somebody who went Sunday, they said it was still packed. We could take Friday off next year and That's go on true. Friday and bring our gear and just play D and D. If kids are in school and all that, there won't be as many you know people playing the tabletop stuff. We could try that out. That's true. Uh, and potentially recruit some random people who walk by. Yeah, that would be absolutely. cool. I went to one panel, uh, and it was interesting. It was for voiceover actors. Um, but it was uh, Jesse Harnell, Gray, I forget her last name, the dude who does Finn the Human, and the dude who started the uh, the Jerky Boys. Kind of a weird mixed bag. <clears throat> but um, that's kind of like the panels they do are generally celebrity panels. Well, no, that's not entirely true. There, there are celebrity panels. There are also uh, fan-run panels. Like, there were uh, fan panels for um, for D&D. There was a mm -hmm. couple D&D ones. One was uh, world building. One was uh, we're just going to play D&D with some random people in the audience in front of everybody and do it for an hour and see what happens. I don't know. There were other panels. There were panels. There was the science of zombies. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Um, I had a full schedule mapped out on my phone of the different panels I wanted to with the, the room numbers and the descriptions and all that. I, I spent a half an hour scouring the schedule, putting it into my Google Calendar, so did I. making sure it would be there so I knew where it was. Ended up going into no panels at all. <laughs> um, I, I will say maybe we need to train a little bit before next year. My feet hurt so oh, bad. Yeah. Uh, that concrete was brutal. I, I wish it was not all on concrete. I, I wish there was some shoes. carpeting somewhere. Um, voice acting, uh, that would have been cool. This reminds me of this story. Um, I've been to a, a few different cons. I've been to some of the, the Wizard World cons, the Rose City cons, uh, a couple of PAXs, you know, where you would see celebrities, you would see mm -hmm. signings, photo ops, and all that. Uh, I've seen uh, Felicia Day a couple of times because I follow Savannah. Because <laughs> Savannah's um, obsessed with her? Yes. Uh, Norman Reedus, again, Norman, Savannah. I don't even know the name. Plays uh, Daryl on Walking Dead. Oh, right, okay. You know, Will Wheaton, I've seen the booze with, you know, Adam West, um, which, I, man, it makes me sad that oh, I yeah. never got an autograph. Um, William Shatner, I've never been like, oh, that's a celebrity. <laughs> Until last year, or maybe it was the beginning of this year at, at WizardCon, I saw somebody. And I froze. And 
all I wanted. I, never, I didn't get this autograph, but I wanted it so bad. But I was so intimidated, and I couldn't bring myself to go up and meet them because I was, I was, I, I could, I locked up. I just, I couldn't do it. Um, and it was a voice actor. It's a voice actor. It was a voice actor. Kevin Conroy. Oh right. Um, the voice of uh, voice of Batman in the animated series. A couple of the animated series, right? And, and the and the Arkham games and all that. And um, oh man, I just I lost it. I was just like <laughs> I got real quiet. We were in line for, to uh, like I think that Savannah saw something at one of the booths that she wanted to buy. And I was just I got she's like you're acting weird. What's going on? I was like it's nothing. Don't worry about it. It's nothing. Don't worry. <laughs> and I wouldn't even say what was going on until like we had left because I was afraid that she like go get his autograph and then like you know because she's mm-hmm. good at making me do things that I don't want to do but that she knows that I'll be happy to you know afterwards. Yeah. And I was like oh, no I just I I, I was so <laughs> just starstruck because uh, I was like oh, it's Kevin Conroy. Oh my god, it's amazing. <laughs> I'm. 20 feet away from Kevin Conway. Holy crap. Completely like had a meltdown. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, I, I love, uh, Brent Spiner and William Shatner's great. Um, if Patrick Stewart was somewhere, I might, I might lose my shit. That's about it. I, I think that there's like one actor on earth that, that I would be that excited about. I don't know. I mean, the Batman the animated series for me is one of the most perfect shows. A it huge, is. huge part of my teenage years. Um, the Arkham games, I think, are damn near closest as you can get to being some of the perfect games. Um, and that voice resonates through all of those. And there's no better Batman <laughs> than Kevin Conroy, as far as I'm he concerned. He does feel like the. Kind of foundational Batman. He's so good. While everyone else was like spinning around, you, you had a little bit of uh, Michael Keaton for a little bit, and then whoever else, and then yeah, <laughs> uh, he was always there. Um, like the way he's able to make a uh, the way he switches from Batman and Bruce Wayne is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. And they're two distinct voices for him, um, and. The way he's able to make Batman intimidating and serious yeah. and have gravity without making it silly, right? Or you know, gravelly. You know what I mean? Like, he, it's a serious voice. You know what? That reminds me. I would lose my shit around Mark Hamill. There you go. Right? Because and not because of Luke, but because of the Joker. The Joker, absolutely. <laughs> yes. Because he is so much better as the Joker than. Anyone else? I, I mean, Jack Nicholson was great, but Jack Nicholson was just Jack Nicholson, and Heath Ledger was great, mm-hmm. but he was doing something that I don't, as a whole package, don't appreciate because he didn't bring the funny. He was just creepy clown mm-hmm. the whole time, but a very convincing, very realistic psychopath Excellent performance, no question. Yeah. Um, but, but but Mark Hamill, full spectrum. Yeah, yeah. He's he has emotional depth and obvious motivation, and just the the the, the character has believable relationships, and, and Mark Hamill projects it all in a very bipolar way. 
Yes. He's very happy, and then he's oh, he's God able to it, switch in a way that's not <laughs> that's not jarring. That doesn't take you out of it. It's even yeah. more engaging. Yeah. Bizarrely, I, I don't know how you can pull off. Depressed right? Mark Hamill Joker is just as exciting to watch as manic Mark Hamill Joker. And I think he might be the only person that I know of that follows Kevin Conroy from animated series to some of the movies to <laughs> the Arkham games. Oh, really? Yes. Oh. Does an amazing job. It's just the, the those games are so his, good. His voice. I actually, I, I, I do an impersonation of Mark Hamill's Joker. So you're doing it now or some other time? Do, do you want me to do it now? If you want to, absolutely. Uh, I don't. I don't know. Okay, we'll do it some other time. That's we, why I went to Comic Con. How about you? Uh, I went because all my friends were going. Okay, that's fair too. <laughs> that's totally fair. Uh, and I met somebody new. I met Gary, who yeah, I had not met Gary. He I does. Thought you met Gary already? No, um, he does uh, Duck Feet podcasts. Watch out for fireballs and some others, I believe. Uh, uh, Monster in my podcast. Mm, yep. Now we get to now we get to tweet at him and say, "Hey, we mentioned your podcast in our podcast, so mention your podcast. Mention our podcast in your co- podcast now." Uh, he's got way more followers and subscribers. Um. So I met Gary. Gary had a bunch of friends there, um, comic book artists and whatnot, uh, and. We hung out with Ben, uh, you, Savannah, and uh, I had a friend who's actually working the convention, so I got to hang out with them, oh. talk talk a little bit, and one of our coworkers, actually uh, Tamara, was there with her kids, and her kids were dressed as I think like Wonder Woman and Spider Man. She didn't tell me that. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's such a bring people together sort of event so absolutely and just a good time an absolutely great time so we've we've gone far over our normal time allotment for a podcast uh so we should probably stop right about here we should interesting i thought i thought this was going to be short i didn't know what we would talk about but (laughs) well we didn't have structure so that's also true so we get to we get our allocation of tangents in this episode Find, find a con go to it and bring water it's, yes, it's my advice. Bring bring a water bottle you can refill. Yes, and a bag. And a bag. You're gonna you're gonna leave with a lot of cool shit. Everybody needs a bag. That's it for this episode. Next episode, we'll be back into D and D with a discussion of initiative. If you have a suggestion for future episodes, feel free to reach out to us. You can find us on Twitter at dungeon underscore tangent, or go to our website dungeonsandtangents.net. That's all for this episode. Thanks for joining us.